Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics, with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Well, Mark, here we are again. Welcome to another episode of Informed Dissent. Hope all is well with you. Yeah, I'm still surviving here in Los Angeles, just barely, still, but yes. Still living in the United States of America for now. Yeah, I'm buying a ticket out as soon as possible, but yeah, for now. One-way ticket, apparently. (laughs) Oh, I I only buy one-way tickets. (laughs) Got it. Well, listen, tonight we've got a great guest, uh, one that will be recognized uh, by our audience who has been in the media and on the front lines in this freedom battle that we're all waging, and that is the one and the only uh, Peggy Hall. So Peggy, welcome to Informed Dissent. I love it. I love the name of the show. It reminds me of what I call the uh, evildoers, the new world disorder. Yeah, no doubt there is a lot of disorder going on out there. But in your role, you're trying to put order back into the disorder. And you've got a lawsuit that's been brewing along against the Orange County Board of Supervisors. And uh, tell our audience about it and where we are with that lawsuit. Yeah, by way of background, in California, we have 58 counties, and every county has its own legislative body. And our amazing political system in the United States recognizes the legislative branch as the only branch of government that has lawmaking authority. It's so important that it was described first in our U.S. Constitution. They talk about the legislative branch of government and then the executive branch and then the judicial branch. And those three branches are known as the checks and balances on power so that there is no power concentrated in either one individual or one branch of government. And that's so important for everybody to remember. And that actually is the underpinning of my lawsuit. So back in 2020, when all of the hogwash, as I call it, was sloshed all over us, like many people, I scratched my head and said, this doesn't sound right. And I started connecting with other like-minded individuals after I, you know, had some, uh, let's say bar brawls on Facebook with individuals that didn't want to hear what I had to say. And I was encouraged by my family to create a YouTube channel and start educating people on the law. My background is in political science. I have a master's degree in international law and policy, but I never thought that I would see the day where I would have to defend my right to breathe oxygen. So I started going to these board meetings at the county Uh, along with you and many other uh, freedom fighters. There were parents, there were teachers, there were um, employees, there were actual, there were government employees that showed up. There were concerned individuals who said, what you're doing is against my rights, my God-given rights that need to be upheld by, uh, you know, you, we are the electorate. We and when you say you. when you say what you were doing, what was it that they were doing that you objected to? The county at that time had issued, uh, well, first of all, they had closed the beaches and the parks and so forth. So here's how the local health emergency works. There's a law in California. There's a whole series of laws called the California Emergency Services Act, and it prohibits and prescribes exactly what can be done by the government in times of a bona fide emergency. And a bona fide emergency is very clearly delineated in the law. And it says that it is a chemical spill, a flood, a fire, an earthquake, or the outbreak of a contagious disease. And it goes on to say that at the introduction of a contagious disease, 
And if this disease or the magnitude of this emergency is so great that it is going to put at immediate peril uh, life and property, and there is not enough, uh, there are not enough resources in terms of personnel, of materials, of um, facilities, and the state is going to be overrun, then the governor can declare a state of emergency. The state of emergency can only last for 60 days. Now, here's what's important. And this is what the county is relying on. The governor illegally uh, suspended that part of the law saying, well, I'm not going to follow that 60-day law that's, that tells me what I can do during an emergency. I'm just going to let this emergency keep going. And, it and, it's, going. and it's going right now. The governor continues right. to, to have that state of emergency. It, absolutely. And what's so interesting is that each county in California also declared a local health emergency. And this is the point that I want to uh, camp out on because this is the, the gist of the lawsuit. In February of 2020, the local health officer in Orange County and local health officers all around the state declared a local health emergency. This, the authority by which they have to do this is called California Health and Safety Code 101080. That is the law that I am bringing legal action against this county because the law says that the county is required to review the conditions that brought this health emergency. They're required by law to review it at least every 60, every 30 days. They could do so daily. They could do so weekly. They could do so every other week. Going along with this, uh, Dr. Barkey and uh, Dr. McDonald is another part of the law that says the local health emergency must be terminated at the earliest date that conditions warrant. Not at when they feel like it, not when the money runs out, and not what the governor tells them. So after a year of going to the, these meetings and insisting that this governing body follow the law, because for the first couple of months, they never even had that on the agenda. And so I called up the uh, county council, the, the head legal guy, Leon Page, in Orange County. And I said, look, you guys are not even voting on this. And the law requires you to vote on it. And the following week, the following meeting, it was put on the agenda and predictably the county voted to continue it. So week after week after week, many of us, thousands of us attended these meetings stating that you are required to cancel this emergency because there is no evidence for it. And I'll tell you why there's no evidence for it. And then I'll, then I'll take a break and uh, there, we can kind of... Does, does the County of Orange emergency still exist? Yes, it does. So they and have not they it. have not yet canceled the state of emergency in the county. Not only have they not canceled it, they incriminated themselves. And here is the issue of my lawsuit. My lawsuit seeks to uphold our three branches of government because this county board on in a meeting and it's on videotape, they said, "We're not going to end this emergency until the governor tells us." Because if we, otherwise we won't get the money. So number one, they abdicated their legislative duty, which is prescribed by our constitutional republic. They said, we're not going to vote on it. We'll let the governor tell us what to do. Oh, no, you won't. That's a violation of the law. And so it's you, a violation you, so you of California. Them over that. What, what's we're the, what's suing the them over that. What's the practical consequences of the state of emergency? Are there things that we can't or cannot, that we're not allowed to do because there's a state of emergency? The state of emergency 
gives uh, no liability to any medical practitioner. So any doctor that killed a patient by um, putting them on remdesivir or putting them on a ventilator or anything else that I've heard of from whistleblowers personally along these lines, they are not held liable. No pharmacist, no doctor, no nurse. So that is a huge thing. There also is federal money and there is state money. So the fact that our local board said that they are keeping the emergency going for money, that is fraud. That is a separate charge. I'm not suing them for that now. What I'm suing them is to maintain our form of government. Otherwise, in future emergencies, there will be a precedent where the governor can do whatever he wants and there's no checks and balances by the county. If the governor can do whatever he wants, why do we have a county government? Why do we have a legislative body? So this is a landmark case. It is going to set a precedent. And what that means is that going forward, anyone else that sues their county, the judge is required to rely on this previous ruling that states a county cannot tell the governor to just, uh, you know, proclaim the local health emergency to be over. That is under the purview. It is a legislative duty, a ministerial duty, and we are seeking a writ of mandate. and And if you like, I can go on and on, but I'll just um, where, take a where, breath there. Where are you now? <laughs> where are you now with the lawsuit? The lawsuit was filed uh, a year ago, so that was yeah. in September of 2021. And over the months, predictably, the county came back with motions to dismiss. And most recently, their reason was that I don't have a right to sue them, that living in Orange County and being a taxpayer and losing money and having other uh, resources be cut off from me because of this fake, phony, fraudulent emergency, that somehow I wasn't affected by it and therefore I didn't have standing. Secondarily, they said, well, not only does she not have standing, but all of these charges that she brought are ridiculous. They don't even hold water. So we had a hearing just a week ago, exactly a week ago on September 22nd. Uh, 2022, where the judge said, I think very wisely to the Orange County uh, Council, okay, we'll come show evidence why she doesn't have standing. You tell me why these charges are not valid. He could have ruled just and dismissed the hearing and said, no, she has standing and these are valid arguments. But I think it's brilliant that he allowed the county to come and bumble. I mean, they were like, it was very... uh, unfortunate to see the low level of quality that we have in the county when it comes to... uh, Has the judge ruled on whether or not you have standing yet? The judge ruled that I have standing. He ruled that these uh, legal claims are valid. And further, he adopted his tentative ruling, which was you county have to show why you have not been following the law, or you have to start following the law. And I want you back in this courtroom on December 1st, 2022, and you're going to show us that you have voted on this, that you put it back on the agenda, and that you have received information. And further, if you're not going to terminate the emergency, you better tell us why. And so now there's something else. You're not representing yourself. You have legal counsel that's helping you, right? I have amazing legal counsel. I have my, um, 
wonderful Nicole Pearson heading up the charge and assisting her. We know our Nicole. Attorneys. Yeah, she's fantastic. We met at a board meeting, which is why it's so important to, to go to these meetings, to meet like-minded people. And the moment we met, we hit it off. We had a lot of conference calls and I said, I'll be the plaintiff if you want to bring this lawsuit. And we worked on it. And then she brought in additional attorneys, Rita Barnett Rose, uh, and also uh, Jessica Barsotti in Northern California. They're smart. They're uh, bulldogs, and we are not going to let this go. And the other thing is, the county's just setting their own trap and falling into it. Now we have the opportunity for discovery, which means we can depose this county board. We can depose uh, Chow, who is the health officer, and we can get all of that information. It goes even, it's even worse. They told the judge, well, we have been receiving information and considering it. And our attorneys, my attorneys said, well, you've never done that in public, and this is public business, and the Brown Act in California, which is such an important law that it is in the California Constitution, and it says that the business of the public must be conducted in public, and we, the people, do not give over our sovereignty to these public serpents, as I call them, and we have the right to be uh, there and to ask questions of these uh, actions. So if the county says we've been doing it in private, they're going to get dinged for that. And then if they say, well, we haven't been doing it, they're going to get dinged from that. So, so Peggy, it's if a no-win proposition. If the county board of supervisors simply ends the state of emergency, does the court case go away? No, it doesn't. And that's the beautiful thing about this. I think that they think it will go away. And I predict that they will end the emergency prior to December 1st. And I predict that the governor is going to terminate the emergency prior to that. And it doesn't give them any way out of this because we are not asking them to end the emergency. We are getting a court ruling that states a legislative body does not have the authority to abdicate its legal duty to the executive branch. It's and, and that's huge. What a win, Otherwise, that's what a win. That's what a win looks like. Is that ruling? So in the future, it absolutely. Can happen. That's what you're trying to. That's accomplish. right. How are you? Because how are you these pay, emergencies are, are you, never going to end. How are you paying for these expensive lawyers and court costs <laughs> and so forth? I'm paying for them out of my pocket, and I am also supported by lovely Healthy Americans that have sent in donations over at thehealthyamerican.org. In fact, all of my updates are on my YouTube channel called The Healthy American, Peggy Hall, and I've got the beginning, the middle, and then the most recent, and I've also got, um, we do from time to time private updates so that I can speak more freely like I can here, which is awesome. I can't speak that freely on the YouTube channel. So we do do some private uh, group updates. And I am on record saying I'm going to march this all the way to heaven. This is, in my view, the most important legal action. Let me put it this way. Among the most important legal actions that have been brought to court in California. And we are winning. There have been federal cases that have struck down the uh, ridiculous idea that you cannot go to church in person. And even if anyone listening is an atheist, you still, I believe, do not want to live in a country where religious freedom is not protected. So in fact, atheism is considered a religion in the eyes of the law. And so I believe that, that those cases are very important. The reason why this one is so important is because it is not about ending the emergency. 
It is about following the laws that were written that prohibit or prescribe exactly what can be done in an emergency. The governor does not have the authority to suspend those statutory laws. He only has the authority to temporarily suspend any rules and regulations of his agencies and departments. And that does not affect that has no impact on we the people. So this is going to be a landmark ruling. I am very confident that it is going to be uh, ruled favorably, and this will be cited in future law, in future cases, Hall versus the OC Board of Supervisors. So you've been fighting on multiple fronts, not just this lawsuit, but I know you're also fighting against mass mandates, for example, and vaccine mandates and so forth. How's, how's that battle going? Well, we've had huge wins in Orange County as well. So again, in 2020, the health officer came out and said that there was going to be a uh, mandatory requirement for people in public to, I call them suffocation devices, to wear these suffocation devices. And, and that, of course, was few, Dr. Clayton Chow. That's, uh, that's right. You're talking about Clayton and Chow, the health, the health director of Orange County. That That's right, Dr. Uh, not my understanding, he'd never practiced medicine, but uh, we'll just call him a doctor. And he just uh, sent out this order. And because of the hundreds, probably thousands over the, if we add up everyone from meeting after meeting came to share their uh, disgust over this illegal measure, because in the constitution of California and the constitution of the United States, we have a right to life and life requires oxygen, as you know. Uh, further, no public health order has anything to do with individual behavior. It has to do with sanitation. It has to do with um, you know, other bona fide measures, but that would be like having the health officer come out and issue an order that every pregnant woman has to have an abortion because there is a health, uh, you know, emergency of overpopulation. And mark my words, that is going to happen. So that is outrageous. And we spoke out against it. And the following day, the chairman of the Orange County Board of Supervisors said that those health orders were rolled back to strongly recommended. Then we spoke out against the vaccine passports. Now the money was already spent. The $20 million has been given over. There's so much corruption in the legal, in the um, financial aspect as well. So those dollars were already committed to so many fake, fraudulent, phony outfits. And I know because I've seen them with my own eyes, these COVID testing locations that are completely empty and they've got a van and they've got a sandwich board sign saying COVID testing. And I can research and go back and see how many millions of dollars these individuals are getting. And it's, it's all a fraud. So they gave $20 million to an outfit that was uh, creating an app on the phone that they actually used called my turn. So people could uh, sign up for their vaccine appointment, and then you would have a digital record of your vaccine. And we spoke out about that in Orange County, and they rolled back the requirement of it. But again, the money was spent, and many people were brainwashed into thinking that it still um, occurs. And then finally, because the government knows that it does not have any power to institute this, it kicked the can down the road to the businesses and to the schools and gave money to these businesses and schools to enforce these uh, outrageous, ridiculous, unethical vaccine requirements uh, by schools and employers. So I've helped thousands and thousands of people keep their jobs without the jab, without being discriminated against, and then help kids stay in college 
without the jab. And then also my biggest fight right now and the last holdout is medical facilities are not allowing people in unless they've gotten a COVID test, which is ridiculous. So we're fighting against that and people are being educated and they're standing up. I've got people coming to me that got vaccinated twice and now they're saying, I don't want a booster and we're getting them success in fighting that. It does not, you do not have to belong to any religion. You have protections by laws, both state and federal, and it, and there are, there is so much corruption going on at every level, and, and I'm fighting it at every level. Are these primarily religious exemptions that people are getting? They're religious exemptions or ethical and moral exemptions. So in California and in the United States, there are protected classes. You know, personally, I don't think there should be any protected classes. We all should be protected equally. But the fact of the matter is there are laws on the books that give you something of, uh, you know, the golden key to unlock the, the door. And I also think it's extremely important that we maintain our First Amendment rights. And most people forget that the First Amendment, the very first statement of the First Amendment to the Constitution says that uh, Congress shall make no law establishing a, uh, you know, government religion or restricting the free exercise thereof. So because the government cannot require these laws, again, it's like a quasi-government um, enforcement by the employers, and they are getting money from the government to restrict and restrain and kick people out of work because they are not vaccinated. So the law, there's a very simple law, it's called Title VII of the U.S. Civil Rights Act. Prior to 1964, discrimination was not illegal. And even though discrimination still exists today, it is illegal and we do have legal remedies. So it's very clear that this Title VII applies to the workplace. And it says that it is illegal for an employer, and it also applies to unions, for an employer to not hire or to fire someone based on their religion. And they, you're also protected based on your age, over 40, if you're discriminated against, your gender, your um, race, and your ethnic background. And that's at the federal level. In California, so many more classes are included, such as gender expression, gender identity, marital status, veteran status, medical status, and so on and so forth. There are very strong protections. And every employer that has 15 or more employees has something published in their company um, regulations that says that they have non-discrimination policies and they're violating these policies blatantly. I have thousands of stories of people that are standing strong and things that have happened to them. And we have helped people in the federal government. I've, I've got a case right now going on with the FBI. We've, we have some success stories that I'd love to share with you as well uh, with big companies. Yeah, absolutely. And so now as you march forward with this lawsuit and you're, I know I know a lot of people that have reached out to you and your husband for help on these uh, religious liberties uh, and vaccine mandates and mass mandates and so on and so forth. You know, of course, for the average schmo that doesn't know and their company tells them either do this or you're going to lose your job and they don't know who to reach out to. It's very scary. And too many people just said, well, I guess I need to be vaccinated or I guess I need to put this mask on because I don't know what else to do and I can't afford to lose my job and I don't know who to turn to. And I know 
tons of people that have reached out to the Healthy American for help. So what, what's, what's next for you, Peggy, as you move forward in this fight for liberty and this fight to help people take back their freedoms? Well, I want to help people like a woman who contacted me a little bit too late in the game. She was one of these individuals that was put on unpaid leave in the medical field. She was a single mom that needed to pay her rent. And she was on unpaid leave because she didn't comply with this. And in order to get her job back, she got the jab. And a week later, she was fired. So no job is worth compromising your integrity, your dignity. She was out of her job. She was out of her dignity and she had damaged her health in the meantime. I will continue to make my free educational videos. All of this information is available to anyone. You don't need to spend a penny. I want you to study, roll up your sleeves, dive into the religious exemption playlist, and we are going to continue to bring more legal action. What I like to do is I like to bring education before Uh, the legal action. And in the case of Amtrak, they were putting pressure on their engineers who couldn't work from home. And they said, you, this is mandatory. There are no accommodations. You either get vaccinated or you're out of a job. And they followed my advice and they made their complaints with the EEOC, which is the enforcement arm of the U.S. Civil Rights Act. And they he emailed me and he said, good news, Peggy, the EEOC is going to investigate Amtrak for my allegations of discrimination. And I said, fantastic. The following day, I saw the headlines, Amtrak rolls back vaccine requirements and now makes it voluntary. They did not want to be investigated by the EEOC. We also saw this with Southwest Airlines. After my free educational videos, the CEO said, everyone can come back. You are no longer going to be on unpaid leave and we are going to work with you on uh, these accommodations. Now, whether they were ignorant or incompetent or intentionally trying to deceive people, I am going to continue to educate and inspire and empower people to live in truth, to stand up for their rights and to know the exact step-by-step how to do it. It's extremely nerve-wracking. They want to hide the truth and I'm going to expose it. That's awesome, Peggy. You know, congratulations both on your lawsuit and your continued fight to help people. I know you've helped hundreds and thousands of people, both in Southern California and across the country. And we appreciate all the work you do. Um, For people that want to find you, they can find you on The Healthy American. Uh, And there's, as as I recall, there's a donate link if they want to help you with these legal fees and so forth. Uh, And Mark and I really appreciate you coming on Informed Dissent to update us on what's going on. And we look forward to following your success and your seminal case that hopefully will set precedent in the future. Thanks so much. I look forward to it. You've been listening to Informed Dissent with Dr. Jeff Barkey board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist, informed dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics.